0: a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org/podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support.
1: From KQED. It's hard to wander around San Francisco these days without running into the image of Frida Kahlo. Her intense eyes, those iconic eyebrows. You'll find them on clothing, in murals. There's even a brand of tequila with her portrait on every bottle. And while you certainly know her face and her name and maybe even her art, you might not know that much about the time that she spent in the Bay Area with her famous artist husband, Diego Rivera.
0: You never really hear too much about like, you know, their influence from when they were like in the city, both Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera.
1: That got Bay Curious listener Erin Elgues looking for answers.
0: Did he, like, ever do street art in the city, or did Frida Kahlo ever, like, you know, what did she do within the artist community out here during that time?
1: Today on Bay Curious, we're giving you a sense of what life was like for Frida and Diego while they were living here in the Bay Area. Plus, we'll explore the lasting impact they had on the local art scene. I'm Olivia Allen Price.
2: with an S. Thanks.
1: To answer Aaron's questions, reporter Marisol Medina-Cadena immerses us in the Bay Area world of Frida and Diego.
3: In the fall of 1930, newlyweds Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo set out on a long train ride, leaving their beloved Casa Azul in Mexico City to come to the United States. It was Frida's first time leaving her homeland, but she'd been dreaming of this moment for years.
2: So Frida had had this reoccurring dream of leaving her homeland and and coming to what she called the city of the world, referring to San Francisco.
3: And on their journey, Frida draws a self-portrait with skyscrapers and a body of water behind her.
2: When they get to San Francisco, she shows it to Diego, and he just marvels at how much it looks like what they're seeing before them. And, you know, kind of like she already knew what it was going to look like, even though she'd never been there. And so there's a sense of almost this destiny, right, of that she was supposed to come here.
3: That's art historian and USF professor Celia Starr. She wrote a whole book on Frida's years in the United States called
2: Frida in America, the creative awakening of a great artist.
3: Part of her research is based on letters that 23-year-old Frida wrote to her family from San Francisco, like this one.
4: Este embarcadero es muy cerca de la casa de nosotros. Hay puros pescadores italianos y es muy interesante. Los domingos va mucha gente a pescar y del lado de la bahía salen muchas focas, pero está prohibido matarlas. The wharf is close to her home. There are only Italian fishermen, and it's very interesting. On Sundays, a lot of people go fishing, and on the bayside, many seals come out, but killing them is forbidden.
3: So, what brought the couple to the United States during the Great Depression?
2: Diego Rivera came to San Francisco to paint two murals.
3: He was commissioned to do one at the San Francisco Art Institute and another at the Pacific Stock Exchange building. That's a private club today called the City Club of San Francisco. His patrons hoped that Diego's fame would bring prestige to the San Francisco art scene and help jumpstart a mural movement in the Bay.
2: There were many artists in the 1930s who believed very strongly in this mural movement, which was really started in Mexico, and they wanted to see it flourish in the United States as well. It's an art for the people.
3: But things got off to a complicated start. For one, job opportunities for artists were hard to come by in the Great Depression. So there was major pushback.
2: Many of the local artists in San Francisco were resentful because they wanted work as well. And so there was a lot of discussion in the papers and amongst the the artists and the community in San Francisco about why should he get this mural commission?
3: Diego was an outspoken communist, and often expressed his politics in his murals.
2: That's
3: Diego talking about how art is a universal language. It belongs to everyone, but capitalism prevents people from developing this inherent creativity. Some Bay Area artists took to the local press to declare their outrage about Diego painting inside a capitalist institution. One of those critics was painter Maynard Dixon.
1: I believe he is the greatest living artist in the world, and we would do well to have an example of his work in a public building in San Francisco. But he is not the man for the stock exchange building.
3: Diego's friends and comrades in Mexico were upset, too. They felt he was selling out by painting murals for the wealthy in the United States. But Diego didn't shy away from controversy. He embraced it. And soon, his critics in San Francisco embraced him. His use of the fresco technique, applying earth pigments on fresh wet plaster like the Renaissance painters, fascinated local artists. They flocked to Diego to learn the craft. He was treated like a celebrity here. Frida wrote about the nonstop attention Diego was getting.
4: The poor guy can't even go to the bathroom in peace because they're bugging him all day.
3: Frida, on the other hand, wasn't getting the same kind of praise for her art. She was seen as the famous mirrorless wife. But she was
2: determined to change that. When she first comes... And she's really this budding artist, you know, she hasn't had that much experience yet. She hasn't really found her artistic voice quite yet.
3: Frida's early work referenced European art traditions like the Art Deco movement and the Italian Renaissance. Her paintings showed people with elongated necks and hands in front of dark, subdued backgrounds. Not the emotionally charged self-portraits with Mesoamerican symbolism and intricate plant life that she's known for today. But in her and Diego's new home between North Beach and Chinatown, Frida was surrounded by artists who energized her creative process.
2: I think she really appreciated the setup of where she was living at that time on Montgomery Street because she had artists all around her and that they could go out to these restaurants around them and hang out with all the different artists.
4: Aquí en San Francisco, el Año Nuevo, todos se ponen una borrachera padre, a pesar de la Prohibición. Esto es lo más esencial e importante. Here in San Francisco for the New Year, everybody gets drunk in spite of Prohibition, which is so essential and important.
3: In this bohemian environment, Diego and Frida rub shoulders with prominent writers, sculptors, and photographers, including Dorothea Lange. They bonded over their shared experience of having polio as children.
2: These friendships with women were incredibly important for Frida as a person, but also as an artist.
3: Some days, Frida would make art with other women who lived in the building, including Lucille Blanche and Pilla de Lapp. Here's Pilla in an interview with writer and historian Chris Carlson.
2: Lucille and Frida and I would get together and draw these composite drawings where each one would start on a particular sheet of paper and then trade them off, pass them around, which was usually quite either very obscene or horrendous and bloody or sensuous in some way.
3: Art historian Celia Starr says these hangouts were key for Frida's development.
2: They were doing these, you might say, taboo subjects, especially for women artists. And I think this definitely helped Frida to find her own voice as an artist, these sessions where they could get together and just explore with abandonment.
3: When Diego and Frida weren't busy painting, they made plenty of time sightseeing other San Francisco neighborhoods. En la colonia Rusia
4: andan vestidos como en Rusia y bailan en las colinas las muchachas. La colina griega también es muy interesante y la japonesa, pero sobre todo la china. In the Russian colony, they dress just like they do in Russia, and the girls dance on the hills. The Greek hill is also very interesting, and the Japanese, but especially the Chinese.
2: She just gushes about Chinatown, and she writes about it quite a bit. It reminded her very much, uh, she said, of home. She talks about that she's convinced that the Mexican people and the Chinese people are connected to one another.
3: Firecrackers during Chinese New Year festivities reminded her of street fairs back in Mexico. She was enamored with the shops of Chinatown and purchased silks and slippers to add to her wardrobe. And Frida's style was a hit here. Her indigenous dress, which was influenced by the Zapotec women of Tehuantepec, stirred so much excitement on the streets of San Francisco that she reportedly stopped traffic.
4: A las gringas les he caído muy bien y les llaman la atención todos los vestidos y rebozos que traje. Se quedan con la boca abierta con los collares de Jade. The gringas like me very much and they admire all the dresses and shawls I brought. They are left speechless with the jade
3: necklaces. Her bold look catches the attention of well-known photographers who ask her to pose for them. And since Frida was the daughter of a photographer, she was a natural in front of the camera. This recognition adds to Frida's growing artist persona and helped plant the seeds for her rise to icon status.
2: The attention that she was getting for it, she relished in part because she was this proud Mexican woman and she wanted people to see her that way.
3: But underneath her colorful garments, Frida's body ached. At 18, she suffered a horrific streetcar accident that severely damaged most of her body and exacerbated the chronic pain of her polio leg. So her long walks around San Francisco began to take a toll on her. That is, until she meets someone who would ultimately have a big impact on her life, Dr. Leo Eloesser. He was the chief of thoracic surgery at San Francisco General Hospital, And he went above and beyond to treat her foot and leg pain. But he was more than just her San Francisco doctor.
2: Leo was a musician. He played viola, and he would have weekly soirees at his flat. And so he was a doctor, but he could say he had the soul of an artist. He
3: became both Frida and Diego's lifelong friend. And while they were here, the three of them traveled around the Bay Area, One time, Dr. Eloesser even took Frida on her first plane ride. They flew from Oakland to Sacramento to meet up with Diego, who was busy sketching mines and dredgers. These kinds of trips around Northern California helped Diego paint the region's landscapes and industries for his stock exchange mural.
2: They get on this plane and they fly together to meet up with Diego. And she just talks about how incredible it was to be able to fly. And she just seems to be completely enthralled, you know, with this experience that she had.
3: One of these trips was a major turning point for Frida's art. On a trip to Santa Rosa, she visited the garden of the famous horticulturist Luther Burbank.
4: And here Burbank examines his giant artichokes. His genius improved size, yield, and quality of many vegetables, fruits, and flowers. For
3: example, just compare... This guy was nicknamed the Wizard of Horticulture, He developed more than 800 varieties of fruits, vegetables, and plants by crossbreeding two kinds together. He did this when many scientists didn't think it was possible. Seeing how Burbank literally fused together two organisms to create something brand new totally mesmerized Frida. She decided to apply Burbank's hybrid technique to her art. And what comes out of that is a portrait of Luther Burbank as part human and part tree trunk, with roots connecting to his buried corpse.
2: This is a, really her first major breakthrough, creatively, in terms of creating a new style that was very different from what she'd been working on.
3: From this point on, Frida continued to play with imagery of roots, plants, and hybrid bodies to get at larger themes of life and death. A duality that was already part of her Mexican upbringing, but Celia Starr says this style was honed here in the Bay Area. When Diego completes his two mural commissions, the couple leave to paint in Detroit and New York City before returning to Mexico. But it wouldn't be the last time they visited San Francisco. 10 years go by, and Diego and Frida's relationship is in turmoil. They divorce.
2: When they came back, they actually came back separately. So Diego came first. There were actually rather uh, dramatic circumstances.
3: Diego fled to San Francisco to escape Mexican authorities who wanted to question him about the attempted assassination of his old friend, Russian revolutionary Leon Trotsky. Frida wasn't so lucky. Months later, the police detained her for questioning, and the experience left her traumatized.
2: She was in a terrible emotional state. Physically, she wasn't doing well. She complained of back and leg
3: pain, so her doctors in Mexico said she just needed more surgeries. But her dear friend, Dr. leo Wesser, didn't agree. He felt her emotional health needed tending to, so he prescribed her a better diet, less drinking, and reuniting with Diego in San Francisco.
2: He played this important role in their marriage. He was really the go-between with their relationship.
3: When Frida arrives in the Bay, Diego is working around the clock at the World's Fair on Treasure Island. He was painting the Pan-American Unity mural in front of a public audience.
4: For the first time, you can see artists backstage, painters, sculptors, potters, and weavers, revealing the secrets of their craft.
3: Once again, Diego's art would spark controversy. Not because he painted his communist politics, but because he portrayed the cruelty of Nazi Germany. It was his way of urging the U.S. to intervene in World War II to protect all of the Americas, including Mexico. Meanwhile, Frida spent a month hospitalized at St. Luke's in the Mission District. Once she got out and felt much better, she and Diego get remarried at San Francisco City Hall. The Oakland Tribune snaps a photograph of the couple, and this time acknowledges Frida as, quote, an artist in her own right.
2: By 1940, she has achieved quite a bit. Really, you might say she's at the height of her career at that time.
3: Her art was exhibited at the World's Fair on Treasure Island and the Legion of Honor and landed in the hands of important collectors that gave her wider exposure around the U.S., Now, it's important to understand that as much as the Bay Area gave Frida and Diego a platform to create and thrive, the couple also gave the region a lasting blueprint for creativity.
2: In fact, Coit Tower and the murals there emerge because of Diego's influence.
3: Some of the Coit Tower muralists actually trained under Diego. They followed in his footsteps, painting large-scale fresco murals that focus on workers and class issues. Frida's body of work also had a direct impact on Bay Area artists starting in the 1970s. When many Chicanos and Latinos continued the fight for civil rights and representation, artists like Amalia Mesa Baines turned to Frida and Diego's art as a source of empowerment and cultural pride.
4: We had experienced racism and discrimination, and so we needed to reclaim our sense of belonging so Frida and Diego became, in many ways, models for us that, uh, that an artist could be at the same time political and cultural.
3: Amalia and other local artists were so moved by Frida's art that they curated an art exhibit called Homage to Kahlo at the Galleria de la Raza in 1978. This was when there was very little published about Frida's life and work. So this show was truly seminal in introducing Frida to the American public before Frida-mania ensued. Today, local artists continue to pay tribute to Frida and Diego. Frida's face has adorned murals in the Mission District, and the vibrant colors and social realist imagery of street art in the Bay harken back to Diego's masterpieces. San Francisco city officials even renamed a street after Frida Kahlo in front of City College's main campus. That's also the permanent home of Diego Rivera's Pan American Unity mural. In what Frida called the city of the world, the lasting brushstrokes of Mexico's most known artist are as vibrant as ever.
1: That was reporter Marisol Medina-Cadena. We've got a treasure trove of historical images featuring Frida and Diego while they were in San Francisco online at baycurious.org. We'll drop a link in the show notes, too. Also, be sure to check out our December voting round and cast your ballot for which question we answer next. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Have a great week.
0: Okay, our question for the month is: The world's longest running pillow fighting contest was held from nineteen sixty six to two thousand six in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck!
4: Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. Hey, QED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mindshift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond